Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story making somebody finally pay for their crimes. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, brother's friend humiliated me in school, so I poured itching powder into his clothes. Adrian is one of the best friends my brother Miles ever had in high school. They were so close that after senior year, they went to the same college and stayed in the same apartment as roommates. They're both in their third year now and still closer than ever. I never really liked Adrian in high school. I mean, sure, I admired the fact that he was kind, selfless, and reliable, but the truth was that he was also kind of a jerk. He liked to play practical jokes on unsuspecting people. He got more popularity from his pranks than the fact that he was the point guard for the school's basketball team. Everybody knew that he meant no harm with his pranks and was just doing it for the fun of it, but that didn't change the fact that people got hurt sometimes. Maybe not physically, but emotionally. Take me, for instance. Adrian humiliated me in front of the whole school during the pep rally, and as expected, everyone laughed and made fun of me for the next few days. I decided that I wasn't going to let it slide, so I played a prank of my own, a way better prank than he ever had played. But let's start with how Adrian came to be in our lives. During the summer before my sophomore year of high school, dad came home with terrible news. The company he worked for was facing some financial trouble, so they had to begin the process of downsizing. My dad was one of the people affected by the downsizing. He was going to be laid off in the next two months and when that happens, he would be unemployed. This came as a huge scare for everyone, because we lived in the city and the standard of living was pretty expensive there. We couldn't survive on mom's salary alone, with rent to pay, groceries, and other bills. It just wouldn't work. We had to do something. Our parents eventually decided that the only way to handle the situation was for us to move to the suburbs, where things were cheaper. And not just any suburbs, Nebraska. My mom's stepdad passed away a few months ago, and he left his house for mom. She'd been trying to sell it for some time, but she hadn't gotten any takers. They decided that since we wouldn't have to pay rent, it was fine. Dad was also planning to use his severance package to open a hardware store, and mom could either work with him in the store or get a job at the community hospital. Everything was decided. We were going to the third most boring state in the whole of the United States. My older brother Miles and I were not pleased with this idea. We had lots of friends in our high school. Miles was starting senior year and he was the captain of the school's football team and one of the most popular guys in school. I was a member of the school band, the drumline specifically, and I was quite popular too. It was a shame that we had to leave, but we understood the situation. We got to our new home, and we were quickly enrolled in the high school in town. The upside was that the school had a basketball team and also a band, so we would fit right in. Dad purchased the hardware store, and in the few days left in the summer holiday, we helped Dad set up the store. 
Mom got a job in the small hospital in town and even though it didn't pay as much as the hospital in the city, she was happy doing what she loved. One thing we quickly noticed about the suburbs was the fact that people were way friendlier there. We received food, snacks, and groceries from almost everybody in the neighborhood. It wasn't like that in the city. When you move into a new apartment there, the best you could hope for from your neighbor was a nod or a polite smile. Anyways, we resumed school the next week on Monday, and just like our neighbors, the kids were also nice. When I introduced myself to the class, more than four or five of my new classmates offered to give me the school tour. Three out of those people were girls. By the end of the school day, I was sure that I loved the suburbs, and even if the chance for us to go back to the city to continue our education arises, I'd respectfully decline. Miles was also doing great. We met up at lunch break and he told me he was hitting it off with some of the guys in his class. Then he told me that he was going to try out for the basketball team. Someone had told him that the coach was very strict about seniors joining the team, but he was going to wow them with his skills, that they'd have no choice. By the end of the school day, we walked together to dad's hardware store. He hasn't been able to get someone to help him in the store, and he was barely managing himself. So the plan was to go there every day after school and help out, at least till he could find someone. We told dad about the school experience and he was really happy that we were fitting in. A few days later, by the close of the day, I was waiting outside the school for miles. He'd gone to talk with the coach about letting him try out for the team, so I had to wait till he could convince him to give him a chance. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw some students talking in the distance. One of them was holding a clarinet and I guessed that he was part of the band. I walked up to him and said hi, and then I asked him where I needed to go to try out for the school band. He gave me a weird look and asked what instrument I played. I told him I played the snare, and the guy looked at one of the other guys. He whispered something in his ears, and the other guy walked into the school building. I didn't know what was happening, but the guy came back with a snare drum and a pair of drumsticks. They handed me the sticks and helped me strap the drum around my neck and then told me to play something. I asked if that was the addition and they said no. They explained that the head of the band, Mr. Rays, doesn't like it when people wasted his time. So before they could take me to him, they had to make sure I knew my stuff. I nodded and then started to play. I started with a light paradiddle, then to the six-stroke roll and ended with a single ratamacue. The guys were impressed and then they told me to meet them the next day during the lunch break. Miles walked out of the school building with a bright smile on his face just as they walked away and he told me that he'd gotten an audition. I also told him about my encounter with the band boys. That day, I didn't stay in the store till closing time. I had to go back home to practice some techniques. When Miles and my dad got back later that night, Miles told me about what happened in the store a few hours after I left. One of his classmates came to buy some cleaning equipment. His name was Adrian and he was the point guard on the basketball team. They had never talked in class before because Adrian was popular in school and he always had people around him. They were able to talk in the store though and they found out that they had a lot of things in common. They exchanged numbers and Adrian even promised to help put in a good word for Miles with the coach. The next day, I went for the band tryouts and I impressed the coach, just as I impressed the members of the band the day before. The coach put me with the starting snare line and we started preparing for the homecoming pep rally performance, which was taking place in a few months. A few days later, Miles became an official member of the basketball team, the new shooting guard. 
and I decided to celebrate during the weekend. On Saturday morning, Miles told me he had invited Adrian to join us for the celebration. I had wanted it to be just the two of us, but yeah, what the heck. The more the merrier. At that point, I didn't know Adrian well, but I've been hearing a lot about him. A few minutes later, we heard the doorbell and I went to check it out. It was Adrian. I invited him in and because Miles had to do something, we talked for a while. He told me about his basketball journey and how long it took him to play basketball well. Then he turned to me and talked about the craziness of marching bands. I explained to him that it wasn't just about hitting the drums with sticks. There's a lot of things that go into being in a marching band. We needed strength, agility, and endurance. It could get tough sometimes. And that's why we were required to practice every day, even when we weren't in school. Adrian asked if I had a drum at home, which I did. I spent the next 10 minutes trying to teach him how to play the paradiddle. Then Miles emerged from the room. We spent the next few hours talking and taking turns playing games. The next few days in school, we usually hung out together. One day during the lunch break, we sat at our regular table with some of the basketball players. And while we were talking, Adrian stopped mid-sentence and stared at a guy in the distance. I followed his eyes and looked at the guy he was staring at. It was some guy in the tech club. He had his back turned to our table and he was collecting his food. Adrian turned to Miles with a mischievous glint in his eyes and said something like, Want to see something funny? Miles and I exchanged a glance and he said, Sure. Then, Adrian rose from his seat and while everyone in the cafeteria was watching, he walked up behind the guy and swiftly pulled his pants down. The whole cafeteria erupted in loud laughter and even the guy that got his pants pulled down laughed along. I was shocked. What on earth did he do that for? Adrian walked back to his seat with a bright smile on his face and the guys on the basketball team cheered him on. I found it weird. In my former school, that counts as bullying. Why does everyone find it funny? That wasn't the only time something like that happened. One day at the end of the school day, Miles and I walked out of the school building all set to go home when Adrian jogged over to us, beaming like a kid that just got a new video game. We asked him what the problem was and he pointed to a bike in the rack and told us to watch what was going to happen. We waited for a minute until the guy walked out of the school building into the bike. He undid the chain and tried to pull the bike out of the rack. As soon as he held onto the bars, the bike crashed to the ground in what looked like hundreds of pieces. Adrian sat on the ground laughing hysterically. I rolled my eyes and walked away. I was sick of his pranks and shenanigans. He was a senior. He was preparing to go to college. Why wasn't he acting like it? I kept my reservations about him to myself though. There was no need to call him out, as long as he didn't mess with me. But then, one day he decided to mess with me. The bandhead Mr. Rays was taken with my skills, and he decided that I should do the closing act for the pep rally presentation. I was pretty excited, and I practiced every day till the pep rally. When it was time for the drumline's performance, the band received tremendous cheer from the crowd. Soon enough, it was time for the closing act, and I played just as I'd practiced. When suddenly, Adrian came up from behind me. He took off my cap, and before I could turn around to see who it was, Adrian put a small bucket filled with mayonnaise on my face. The crowd's cheer turned into an uproar of laughter as I struggled to pull the bucket off my head. I have never felt more embarrassed in my life. The humiliation wasn't something I could play down. 
So I walked away as I tried to wipe as much mayo from my face and hair as possible. I didn't even try to finish my performance. I was so mad at Adrian that even when he came over to apologize that night, I didn't listen to him. The next few days passed with me trying to think of a plan to get my revenge. It came to me on a Friday when Miles and I were playing a video game. He mentioned something about an allergic reaction to the new cream he was using and it was making him itch. That was it. I watched a DIY video on how to make itching powder and I rushed over to the florist to buy some roses. The whole process took me a few days and when I was done, I had a sachet of itching powder. All that was left was how I was going to get it to Adrian. Miles decided to help with this. He didn't have anything against Adrian, but he felt like it would be nice to give him a taste of his own medicine. So on Wednesday after basketball practice, Miles took me into the locker Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Locker room and showed me where Adrian kept his gym bag. Adrian was still in the shower, so I had to be quick about it. I poured the powder into his clothes and hurried out again. A few minutes later, Adrian walked out of the locker room fully clothed, and he was already scratching the back of his neck before he could walk to the cafeteria to get lunch. He was scratching every part of his body furiously. When he couldn't take it anymore, he pulled off his shirt to the amazement of everyone present. They all laughed and started to take photos and videos, and soon enough, Adrian ran back into the locker room to take off the rest of his clothes and take another shower. It was a funny sight indeed. Adrian couldn't leave the locker room for a while because, while his body still itched, he couldn't put on his normal clothes, or gym clothes for that matter, as they were all affected by the itching powder. He had to call Miles to lend him his gym clothes till he could go home for a change. After that day, till the end of his time in senior year, Adrian never pranked anyone ever again. For a second I thought OP was going to say that they had to borrow Miles like used gym clothes, which certainly would have been quite a revenge. Our next story is finally paying for his crimes. Relationships are tricky things to navigate in today's world, especially with all the rules that have been added with every passing day and I feel like no one talks enough about it. I'm a 23-year-old woman in my final semester of university, and getting news that my ex-boyfriend just transferred to a different uni inspired me to share the story of our weird and tumultuous relationship. Like so many others, I came from a very troubled home. My parents were seen kids who met at a metal concert and got together after spending one alcohol and drug-filled night together. 
Their relationship quickly became toxic, but my mother, who was barely 20 at the time, was already pregnant with my older brother. They decided to settle down together and start a family, going ahead to give birth to me and then my other younger brother. My siblings and I have always been close because our parents were distant from us and we as kids needed the support. My older brother and I are 10 months apart and I'm only one year older than my younger brother so we're all pretty close in age. As far as I can remember, which is probably at four or five years of age, we've been left to take care of ourselves. We only saw our parents in the morning before they left for work, and during the weekends, when they would have 24-hour long parties with their friends locked inside their room, getting wasted and high. We grew to know our parents' patterns and worked around it, keeping silent while they were high or hungover, and making sure they initiated whatever minimal show of affection they decided to show us. One time, my little brother ran to hug our mother when she returned from work on what we the life siblings classified as a good day, and she sat him down and told him scathing words that no five-year-old should have had to have heard at that age. The only thing that I was sure my parents made sure of was that we never looked shabby or went about being hungry. There was always raw, uncooked food, and if they were feeling good, pizza money as well. We learned to cook together to be able to feed ourselves if one person was sick or if something ever happened to us. When I became a freshman in high school, my parents called my siblings and I, letting us know that the second we graduated college, we were not their problem anymore. The conversation was almost too normal for the kind of thing they were letting us know, but we all knew that we needed to find a way to make sure that we were able to go to college. Luckily for us, our high school was a huge project that lots of celebrities put money into, so despite it being a public school, it had a lot of sports facilities that were perfectly functioning. My brothers and I talked about trying out for different sports and committing to them so that we would get good enough to get sports scholarships in time for college. I took on swimming, my older brother had the stature for a rugby player, and my little brother picked track. We did our best to help each other train and excel at schoolwork and sports, and we didn't let anything else distract us until one by one, we all got into the same Ivy League university. I know you'll say it's unlikely that it happened, but we applied to the same universities and did incredibly well on our exams. Our grades were pretty high as well. So all in all, it was a well-orchestrated plan we made, and luck was also majorly on our side. Now, my older brother and I started school pretty late and at the same time, so we were 19 years old and college freshmen together, while our little brother was in his senior year of high school. While in college, we signed up for as many financial benefits and grants as we could to rack up as much money, just in case our baby brother didn't get a scholarship like we did so we'd be able to pay his tuition for the first year at least. Because of all of this, we were unable to really enjoy things like parties and student events. It was mainly practice, competitions, and school. We would have an added job or two, but with everything we were doing, there was barely enough time to even sleep. In our second year, we were able to relax a little more because our little brother got a sports scholarship as well. We rented an apartment off campus, and our father let us have his beat-up Ford F-150 that we restored and used as our shuttle vehicle to get our butts to school. It was a good dynamic that worked really well for the three of us, until my brothers got girlfriends. It happened at basically the same time, leaving me a little more lonely as I had serious issues with making friends and talking to anyone. Instead of sulking, I told myself that I would insert myself in social situations to make friends. Luckily for me, I was invited to a frat party, 
albeit indirectly, but an invite was an invite. My brothers and their girlfriends were going on respective dates, but they were kind enough to drop me off and offer to pick me up. But I refused because it felt a little embarrassing that my brothers were doting over me at 20 years old. The party was too loud and I absolutely hated it at first. I was 5 minutes away from calling an Uber when I ran into a girl and spilled her drink down both of our bodies. She was very nice and offered to show me to the bathroom to clean up and then insisted on making me a drink after. Because of my parents history with intoxicating substances, I was wary, but she promised to make it as mild as possible. The drink was pink and very sweet, so sweet that I didn't realize I was supposed to drink that fast until I was three solo cups down. Safe to say I vomited my guts out later, but I'd found a new friend. Her name was Tish, and we started to spend more time together. She invited me to parties and festivals and raves, and it was at one of these raves that I met my now ex-boyfriend. He was smoking weed when I found him. At this point, I had decided that instead of alcohol, marijuana was a more tolerable high for me. I was already pretty buzzed and confident, so I went up to him and asked if he would share his blunt. We shared it the entire night while standing in silence, and by the end of the night, he just walked away without as much as another word. The whole mysterious aura was incredibly hot to me, but I didn't know how to get to him again. It made me sad, but I wouldn't have to worry about that, because he was at every single party ever thrown. We'll call him Ed, because his real name sounds really stupid. Ed was hot. Incredibly hot. He wasn't very tall, but he had the hottest English accent that had been watered down by being in the US for too long, but he still sounded good to me. He was at every party and I realized a little too late that the reason for that was because he was the resident dealer. The second time we interacted, he spoke to me first, offering to share a joint with me like the last time. In barely 10 minutes, we were getting close to one another when Tish interrupted to let me know that our Uber was ready and waiting for us. Ed was like an addiction. I liked how he was like the boys I read and fantasized about in my teenage years. Dark hair, brooding eyes, and a leather jacket everywhere he went. Thankfully, he smelled amazing as well. He liked me too, and in no time, we started spending all of our time together. He had an apartment of his own, and we were almost always there together. I would only leave for school and swim practice. Most of my friends and my brothers were pretty understanding because this was my first ever relationship, and I was excited for it. Things started to go south when I saw Ed doing a certain white powder when he had told me that he didn't do it. Again, having parents who were emotionless druggies was not exactly the most fun childhood, and it gave me a lot of trauma that I didn't even know I had. Immediately I spotted him. I ran forward without thinking and pushed him from the table, wiping the white powder off with my hand and starting to yell at him. This outraged him, and in seconds I was pinned against the wall with a much taller, drug-addled man screaming in my face. Let me be honest here, it's nothing like the stories describe when a man you're in love with screams at you. I was so terrified that my teeth began to chatter, and I was crying without making any sounds. Still, he didn't calm down until he was done telling me just how his drugs cost more than my whole life. After the fight, I went back to my shared apartment with my brothers and in no time Ed was there in tears, crying and begging me to forgive him and saying that he would do whatever I asked. Like an idiot, I forgave him and we settled into routine again for the next two weeks. He was being very nice and doing everything for me, 
including rolling up my joints for me. The high started hitting harder, but I had no idea that he was doing any of this until I had to take an emergency drug test for the swim team and that certain white powder was found in my system. I was immediately suspended and with anger I went to confront Ed about it. He was high as usual and before I could get into my angry monologue I felt his hands on my face and then I passed out. I woke up in the hospital with my brothers and Tish by my side. Apparently Ed beat me up so bad that I passed out and then he continued to hurt me until he was satisfied, then got me to the hospital, leaving before they could get a hold of him. I had a broken rib, a concussion, internal bleeding in several places, I had a black eye for weeks, and the entire thing made me so depressed that I applied for a withdrawal from school for a year to get my mind right. My brothers didn't let it slide though, they were both parts of sports teams full of incredibly fit boys and they all teamed up to make Ed's life miserable. They studied his schedule, and whenever he had a huge test or exam coming up, they would go in numbers and beat him up in dark alleys until he was right at the edge of passing out. This happened numerous times throughout the year that I was out of school, making Ed extremely anxious and scared for his life. He was failing so badly as well because he was always getting beat up, but couldn't figure out who kept doing it. When I returned to school to complete my final year, the swim team happily welcomed me back and I was in the best shape of my life. I had almost completely forgotten about Ed until I saw him looking lost on the walkway to the library one evening. I tried to talk to him, but he just walked away in terror and last I heard, he transferred to a different university. My question is, whether it's OP side or Ed side getting beat up, Where are the police in all this? Do they just not call the cops in this area? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.